Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. Welcome to Toughcast, everybody. This is Notch. And this is Jeff. How's everybody doing? See, you were supposed to say something there, Jeff. This is week two of this, Notch. Of course not. This is the Call and Response Podcast. We ask the questions. We don't have a phone line or anything, obviously. (laughs) We don't have a comment section yet. And people just talk at their computers and their speakers and their radios, and we hope we understand them. I think the Scientology thing is going a little far, Jeff. I mean, I get that you think you're an Operation 5 Teton, but you're not psychedelic yet. Dude, they're giving me free hams. I can't say no. Speaking of which, you brought me some. I told you I would. I was freaking touched, man. Last week, we recorded with the Rum King by Indeed. Great work. Thanks for favoring my tweet, Indeed. However... As it turns out, that was a 10% alcohol content in that beer. And by the end of the podcast, it was... We had about 10% content that was good and didn't make a Canadians <laughs> angry. We also actually lost the second half of our podcast. And so that might have been because of that. So we're toning it down and bringing it up a level with hams. <laughs> America's classic premium beer born in the land of Scotland. It, it is not, to be fair, the champagne of beers. Well, of course not. On this episode, we actually have an interview with Brian Silvestri, who had kind of an amazing 2015, started out signed to the Carolina Railhawks, ended up being a phenomenal goalkeeper for the Philadelphia Union. So we got him on the phone to have a chat with us. Mm-hmm. No, we I mean, we give a bunch of flack on this podcast for Union goalkeepers, but he was he was a very good keeper for that team. He had the best winning percentage of any keeper that started for this team this year. He had five shutouts in 12 games. That's a pretty good average. That's about the same percentage that Ramal Pazer had this past year in Ottawa. So stay tuned for that later in this episode. Well, with the cool, refreshing taste of hams uh, bursting into my mouth, I will start with the stuff that we actually did Jeff wasn't kidding around. We did mess up last week's episode and not give you what we call the toughest 11. This is T-U-F-E-S-T, the toughest 11. Why don't you explain the concept, Jake? It's Jeff. Jake is my brother. Wow, we're two weeks running on this, too. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying, Jake. The the Ruder brothers will never be dissociated. All right, Gerald. Will, right. You, will you get going already, Jeffrey? Um, I'm, I'm George Ruiz, and I'm here with the toughest 11. Um... The concept of the Toughest 11 is this is the one year that we will have 11 teams in the NASL, very likely by the sounds of it. So picking one player per team and building the best 11-man starting lineup that you possibly can. With just one player from every team, like you said. Correct. So when I say at goalkeeper, we have Ramal Pazer from Ottawa. And this is their previous teams, by the way. So if we had chose Teen Wolf... He would have been with Ottawa. Right, right, of course. But, so, but, but we can't choose him, because you picked Bezer for a goalkeeper. I did, so we can't choose him, we can't choose Ubi Parapovic. What what formation are we going with, Jeff? Let's go with a 4-4-2, with a pretty attacking midfield. John, um, I think that's a good choice. Um, let's <laughs> see. At left back, we've got Justin Davis from Minnesota. Which seemed to make sense. I mean, most best 11s across the league had uh, Davis and Venegas as right. the fullbacks. Which is what I was about to say. Like, you're excluding Ramirez, Ibsen from mm-hmm. the midfield. Mm-hmm. Bold move. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Left back, Justin Davis. Right back is Matt Boehner from Jacksonville. You heard. You had to choose somebody. Like I said, you have to choose. And so I was... Sure. I'll, I'll start with the logic, and then I'll go with why him in particular. So what I did was I started with about the five or six. Um, not just seeing this for pretty much the first or second time. So... He hasn't put too much thought into why I left off some of his favorite players in the league. But 
I would say, okay, you need to have T. Shipolani from Carolina. You need to have Ramal Pazer from Ottawa. And in my opinion, Justin Davis was the strongest compared to the rest of the position in the league. And so then you kind of, it's a puzzle from there and you have to figure it out. And Jacksonville had a right back. See, Janine, I get what you're saying, right. but I'm not sure that I would have picked a defender from Jacksonville. This is a team that got clobbered in the mm-hmm. back. Uh, but okay, okay. Let's let's first get to the end of the lineup, and then I'll critique a Great. little bit. Actually, I'm looking forward to that. So here so, we go. From left to right, we have Justin Davis, Carlos Mendez from the Cosmos. Makes sense. We have Eric Norales from Indy. And yeah, we... yeah. I'll, I'll pick Norales for the Indy choice. Although, again, with New York, you could argue that Raul... Could also make an entrance, but our mid- NESL midfield is stacked. It is. It is. It's absolutely stacked. Um, you you need a strong defensive pair at center back because this is a, a very attacking minded midfield. There's no Richie Ryan. Yeah. There's no Ibsen, who is more of an attacker. There's no Greg Jordan, though. So, right. you know, as you're looking at it, uh, you've got Lance Lang, formerly <laughs> of FC Edmonton. We'll we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, Lance Lang, we have T. Shipolani, we have PC. PC, your absolute favorite player in the league? Absolutely. Uh, it's it's surprising, though, that we picked him over McIntosh, who also plays for the Fort, Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Well, who was it? Dell got cut last week. <laughs> so, PC was the only logical choice available at that point. Um, and then closing it out, we have Junior Burgos. So Strong choice. I think Burgos is one of those guys who... Seemed to cut above everybody else on individual talent. He was playing for Atlanta, so I think a lot of people didn't pay attention. Right. Uh, because of some preconceived notions of the Silverbacks this year, given their status. But I think he was definitely one of the best in the league. So, Lang, Shipolani, PC, Burgos, good midfield. Who do we have up front? Uh, we've got uh, the terrible twosome. We've got a pair of strikers that everyone across the league is nodding their heads and saying, of course you would pick those two. I mean, of course, Omar Cummings and Georgie Ristoff. What our friends listening to us right now cannot hear is the look I just gave you. I feel like actually they might have heard it. That was pretty lethal. Dude, seriously, man. Scientology. Not uh-huh. a winning thing to do. <laughs> uh, Omar Cummings? Seriously? Remember his spring? That was fun, man. He There was a while where it looked like he was going to run away with the golden boot. And I think that that's something to remember. He had 10 goals this year. I don't put Billy Forbes over him in this team any day of the week. Forbes is listed as a midfielder for the team. But he was more of an attacking-minded midfielder. PC was more of an attacking-minded guy, you know? Yeah, but Forbes was, like, actively running at defenses, though. I think I think I would change the formation then and put him in. Because Cummings was just not effective, man. He was nowhere in the the fall. Towards the end of the fall, yeah, he ended up becoming a substitute pretty regularly. Maybe Keita. Alassane Keita, you, you bring in... A different Jacksonville player, although mm-hmm. that means that you're gonna put a Scorpion at defender. <laughs> See, that's just it. That's where this gets difficult. This is complicated, man. Yeah, this is really tough, and unfortunately, we can't necessarily. Well, when the team is a uh, 23 or the league has 23 teams, yeah, we then we can, can have a our, full lineup, and then we'll have uh, to build a youth academy <laughs> with our team on Mars, and it's gonna get really, really dicey. Exactly. Have you heard anything from Alpha Centauri yet about whether the expansion will be playing in the fall or the spring? Uh, not yet. I think they were looking, actually, um, this project is about four light years away. Yeah, yeah, from from conception. It's, I hear the, It's tough. They want to do the entire thing with, like, an open-faced steel frame, and it's tough shipping that out. Yeah, Like, the shipping cost and getting it on space, it's... Also, I, I hear that the breakthroughs they were expecting in Celestial Elevators, not happened yet. NASA, get on that. Come on, though. Yeah, not yet. 
We need funding. Moving right along from our toughest 11 to news from this week. And we're going to start in Edmonton, where FC Edmonton signed a forward, Jake Keegan, who at first I actually heard reported as an Irish player. He is an American who was playing in Ireland. Yeah, I mean, what is the name like? Jack Keegan. Keegan coming over from Galloway. Like, it seemed right. Right? But it wasn't. No, it's the Jake that tells you he's American. No no self-respecting Irishman would call himself Jake. It's a very American name. Hi, I'm Jake. Is that your impression of my brother? <laughs> That's my impression of you. Oh, it's your brother. Of me, no, yeah, I see, I see. We've co-hosted this for three months, and it's still it'll set in one of these times. I'm excited. Keegan, 24 years old, American. He went undrafted in MLS, but he was a highly scouted prospect. He's described as kind of a fox in the box style forward. The guy who wrote that phrase definitely earned his money. Uh, Doctor Seuss, right? Is he? I would Cat eat it with a fox. fox I would eat it with a, in a box. Yeah, that's from uh, Green Eggs and Ham. Jeez, getting an English lesson on tough guys these days. There we go. There you go. So, although I, I heard a different biography of Jake Keegan, by the way. Okay. He was actually in Lauren Order SVU, oh, epi- season 7, episode 9, where he featured as the dad of Tommy Keegan, whose babysitter was uh, sensationally killed in that episode. So now sensationally killed. Does that mean killed through sensation? Killed in just an absolutely sensational way. Hey man, I'm only on the third episode or the third episode of season four of the original Law and Order. You gotta give me at least twenty nine more seasons before I can get to this episode that we're talking you about. You are yet. cruising through this. I really am. It's pretty awesome, man. I can hear the chords of the Law and Order theme playing in my mind every single day, all the time. Now could it's be awesome. worse. Although in season four is when they shorten it. The original first three seasons had a longer version of the theme and they shortened it for the fourth season. It's It's really cool when you notice that. It's a good theme though. It It is is, a good theme. I prefer Twin Peaks, but it's a good theme. It really is. All right. Well, getting back to Mr. Keegan, I think it's a good signing, man. Particularly given this next piece of news. Yeah. um, They (laughs) let Lance Lang go. Maybe. Maybe they let him go. Maybe he left. Yeah. He's mulling over orders. Uh... Orders. Offers from MLS, USL, and, and no, NASL. No, no, I think orders is right. I think it's like a pizza place where teams will say, <laughs> I'll take one Lance Lang, and sure, I guess I'll have a side of Ibsen, and it gets shipped off to you. You know, pay a delivery fee, please. Allocation money. As long as it comes in a little plastic bag that says, thank you for shopping mm-hmm. with us. With a know, smiley with, face. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's good. That's when I feel like it's happy. He is reportedly, according to Minnesota Nice FC, West Burdine of Northern Pitch, uh, been negotiating with Minnesota United, so maybe we'll see him play in a slightly less cold environment. But maybe we'll see him. I think. Do you think he's good enough for MLS? Yeah, I think he's good. I mean, he starter was, good. Um, who depends on the team, and it depends on the position depth. I think there are a lot of teams that could use him. I think that he brings a lot of skill set to the wing. I think that he also has some really good recovery defense that a lot of teams could really use. That said, I mean, he does have offers. It sounds like the Cosmos and the Rowdies are also talking to him with a lot of money that they want to spend on him. The Rowdies, of course, spent quite a bit on Tom Heineman within the last couple of weeks as well. I, I'm worried, man, about this. Like, I, I don't know about how deep Bill Edwards' pockets are, but I'm seeing him be really impulsive, which is 
interesting. That can lead to really good things if they're able to build their organization fast enough and recoup that kind of money, or if he's just stupid rich and doesn't mind going out to the toilet and putting $100 million in every day and just pressing the flush button. Maybe. But, I, I mean... You don't in this league. You don't need an extraordinarily expensive team to succeed. It certainly helps, as the Cosmos have proven. Yeah, but you don't need it. And it seems like to, to me the smacks of someone being like, "Get me the most expensive or the best players in the entire team of every team, and I'm gonna spend a lot of money on them." That's my uh, 1920s Wall Street bull impression. By the way, nailed it. I, I absolutely I nailed it. So, we'll, I don't know, man. Lang, we'll see where he goes. He's 27. He's got plenty of soccer left to play. But he's not a, uh, like a noob. He's not a newbie. No, 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 no. So no. that's good. Which is good. Yeah, he does have a lot of experience. He, I mean, he was on the best 11 for the NASL this past year. He's been on pretty much everyone's best 11, including yeah. the toughest 11, which is the most prestigious of all. Exactly. By the way, if you were on the toughest 11, we'll be mailing you a nice, huge trophy shaped like the MLS Cup. To put onto your dresser soon. Because <laughs> we know gonna, you want that. We won't run into copyright issues. Hey, by the way, speaking of uh, trophies and awards, we were nominated for one. Right? <laughs> what a bunch of idiots. Right? <laughs> Who the fuck did that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Our NASL Soccer on Reddit decided that we were one of the top three podcasts in NASL that were voting for, which is actually the best out of those three, is going on right now. So if you want to go and rectify this massive mistake that has occurred... Download us. (laughs) Yeah, feel free to go there and uh, vote to your heart's content. Well, enough about Mr. Lance Lang, because one of the other things that had every NASL satirist out there, all two of us, cheering, (laughs) was that the Eddies signed Eddie Edward again. Which is perfect. It is really perfect. I mean, did you ever watch Ed, Ed, and Eddie? It was like a 2000 Cartoon Network show. It fits. Yeah, man. I was I was watching it in India, actually. I'm not even joking about this. Like, it was shown in India. Wow. See, there you go. So, you know, welcome, Mr. Karnak. Welcome, welcome to America. Here it is. Here's your copy of Ed and Eddie, and you say, no, no, I brought my own, and you kept on walking. Exactly. I did. And then right. I signed for FC Edmonton as Eddie Edward. So, good move. Again, He's he's kind of been one of those guys who's been at that team, been present, been playing decently, not a standout, somebody who kind of... Uh, makes the lists of the best 11s, but definitely someone who's who's now an integral part of that team. Well, you need those guys. You yeah. can't always... I mean, you were just talking about in your 1920s bull voice. <laughs> you were talking about, you know, let's get the best player, she, from every team. And you can't rely uh, the on The theater major showing me how it's done. You can't rely on that. You have to have those core guys who are going year to year on the same team to kind of have the continuity, work with the coaching staff, that sort of thing. I think it's a good signing for him, and I think that's probably the best spot he could have ended up, both in terms of playing time and just, I mean, team atmosphere for him. By the way, something I figured out today when I was doing some research, his first name is actually Edson. So Edson Edward? Yeah. From Edmonton. Oh, that's tricky. That's awesome. I feel like you could write a limerick about that. I think we could. I think we could. Let's have that contest. If you want to tweet your uh, Edson Edward from Edmonton limericks, tweet it at at twounitedfans. That'd be awesome, dude. We gotta do this. this is gonna I would be love great. it. I'm looking forward to this. This is gonna be great. He's actually from Ottawa, by the way, but we'll just say he's from Edmonton for the Limerick contest. <laughs> Sake. All right, moving right along. In the next piece of news, we have the fact that Walter Restrepo is maybe going somewhere else. Maybe not. We don't. Eh, he at least turned down his option with the Cosmos. He's mulling offers. 
Uh, would you agree with that decision? Yeah, I would. He was... When he was signed by the Cosmos, I was out there thinking, this is a good player. I mean, I, I, I respect the Cosmos going out and splashing a bit of cash, presumably, to get this guy on their team. Mm-hmm. He's certainly <laughs> worth more than transportation and a block of hotel rooms, <laughs> which is what he was traded for before. <laughs> but... I was honestly a little skeptical about whether he would come out and really just blow us away. And to, to be fair, he didn't blow us away, but he played well. He was a strong presence of the Cosmos throughout the season. He didn't have his ebbs and flows. He had, a, he had an off game here or there, but he didn't have kind of this Omar Cummings-esque drop in <laughs> form randomly. Right. So it makes sense that he's probably got offers from a lot of different places. He said in one of the articles, I believe that he's thinking about going off to Europe. This was published in Empire of Soccer, by the way, Dave Martinez put this out this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I, at the end of the day, I also won't be surprised if the Cosmos managed to hang on to him if he decides that that's where he wants to continue. I think, yeah, if he stays in NASL, it's with the Cosmos. I would have to think. That said, the fact that he wanted to turn down his option means either it was below what he believed his pay grade should be and he's hoping to just renegotiate a contract or he doesn't like the direction the Cosmos are going. I mean, two of their best players just retired, which is something we talked about for an entire month leading up to the final ad nauseum, but that's not changing. They're gone. And you got to imagine they'll bring someone comparable. Well, you would love to see. You would think so, but I haven't heard... Any major names floated seriously past. Then again, every player who becomes a free agent, it's, well, the Cosmos are going to take them. Well, and and to be honest, everything about the NASL is, I haven't heard this, and then it happens. Like, True. for example, Miami FC, Alessandro Nesta, their coach, went out there and said, we have 10 players signed to the team. And didn't give any names, but we nobody knew anything about it. We knew only of one like guy who had gone on Instagram, Brad Rusin, but now apparently they have 10 guys already. So, not hearing anything... I don't know, there have been enough rumors about guys like Puyol, guys like Samaras, that something is in the works. Anyway, the point, though, is that Restrepo might think his stock is rising. I think a good place for him to go might might consider going if he can't get a good offer in MLS would be, to be quite honest, Minnesota United. Not because like I have a sense of inflated self of our team that we're above the NASL, but we are moving up presumably in a year or two. Right. Get into Minnesota, prove your worth for two more, one or two more years, and if you're truly good enough, you'll move up with them. You'd think so, yeah. I mean, but New York, they're in a bind. You know, I'm not saying that they're going to be screwed. I'm not saying they won't be able to sign a Puyol, they won't be able to sign a major player. But between the retirees, between Restrepo and then Leo Fernandez, who was only a loanee this past year and was one of their best attackers, and I think, he didn't he win the Young Player of the Year award this year? I think he. I think he might have. I don't remember. He may have. It wasn't PC, and so I remember chuckling when I saw that. Unfortunately, at your expense. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he, they're all gone. Those are four major attacking minds, and certainly two fast players between Restrepo and Fernandez that are now out of New York. But the Cosmos have money, which have the money. Fury don't. If you're asking me which team I'm more worried about, it's the Fury. I think the Fury are going to lose more players. Uh, although admittedly they probably won't lose as many because of the whole Canadian thing 
That's true. Unless Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal want to bolster their roster or something like that. Or Edmonton gets purchased by like owners from the UAE or something. <laughs> They're suddenly called the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> right. Hey. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyway, Walter Ostarpa will be making a decision. Uh, it'll be broadcast on ESPN by LeBron James as the Perfect. host. There is going to be a big announcement by Indy probably around the time that you're listening to this or a little bit even before about their new head coach. The biggest rumor going around is that it's going to be Tim Hankinson, who Americans will know as a former coach of the Charleston Battery, former coach of the Colorado Rapids between 2001-2004. He took the Rapids, by the way, to one semifinal, couple of quarterfinal appearances, you will also remember him in the NASL as being the guy who took the Scorpions in their very first year to the soccer ball. He's got the reputation. He's definitely got the accolades of a good coach. There are a lot of people who are upset about this, though. There are some people who think it's a very Division two esque move because the guy hasn't gone off to MLS after the, his rap- time at the Rapids, which is now about 11 years ago. Right. Since then, he's also, by the way, coached in India. I was surprised oh, yeah. to find out. Yeah, he was at Salgaukar and Goa. It's a it's a it's a team in India that has a name. Apparently, while he was there, the expectations of the management kind of clashed with his results. They were expecting too high results, and so he had to leave after a year. He spent the last year in Jamaica. Well, he's uh, he's well traveled. Yes, that's what you look for in a coach, I think. So I we'll see. We'll see. We we do know that Indy thought uh, the rumors say that Gunter was too expensive. Gunter Kronsteiner. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens. That's true. I mean, Indy, I mean, we just started, finished talking about the Cosmos. Indy doesn't quite have that bankroll. You know, so to bring in someone like Gunter Kronstein or someone like Thomas Rongen, who, if you would even want to go to NASL or something, you know, yeah, that might not necessarily be a realistic option. So I think that with the, the reputation and certainly the history that he has coaching in America, not a bad idea. Well, whoever Indy 11 choose to have as their coach next year, one player that that person will not be training is Christian Neek who today announced on Twitter that he was leaving Indy. At least, that's what I think goodbye Indy means. Safe guess. And thanking, you know, Peter Will, thanking Brickyard Battalion and Indy in that tweet. So, he, we're not sure where he's off to. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? Do you think he's going to stay in NASL? Do you think he's going to move off somewhere else? What's the prospect? Because his year this year was kind of mixed. It was all over the place. But there are a lot of NASL goalies whose years were... All over. I mean, Miguel Gallardo is another prime example of that. Who would you would see some fantastic stuff one week, and then some of the dumbest blunders you've ever seen a goalkeeper make in professional soccer the next ten minutes. So, Nikt wasn't quite on that level of bipolarity, but he definitely has enough league experience and potential. Where I think that there are some teams who are weaker at goalkeeper could keep him. That said, it depends if he wants to stay in this league. Exactly. He's he's not from here, and he's still in his early 30s. So I, I suspect, to be quite honest, that a new team that needs a veteran presence in the locker room might respect his presence. Because from all accounts, he is kind of the steady guy who is a strong presence, a, a steadying hand. And a team like Miami, for example, which is being led by one of the best defenders ever in the entire world and his defensive partner mm-hmm. is the part owner i imagine that that team will respect defensive responsibility maybe that's too much of an assumption but maybe a team like that could use 
a guy like Neek, who when he has a strong defense in front of him, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's MLS good. So if okay. he's staying in America, I think it's NASL. But, I mean, we'll be talking a little bit later with Brian Silvestri. And uh, I suppose Philly maybe could use a goalkeeper. <laughs> a tried and true joke. And I know that we mention it every week. If you have a pulse, you can play <laughs> for the Philadelphia Union in goal. I could possibly see that. However, yeah, I think he stays, stays in SL. I think Miami, that's not a bad fit. I could see Puerto Rico as well if Carmelo Anthony is only really scouting current NASL players, seeing, oh, there was a former starting goalkeeper who's now a free agent, let's get him. I could see that too. Sure, sure. That brings us then to some other news, which we, I don't know, I'm going to pass the baton on this one to you for the most part. There are some protests going on about Ryo. Ryo Vicon. Yeah, okay, so Ryo OKC is in Oklahoma. OKC Energy is an existing USL team, which has just finished their second season. And the Ryo Vallecano supporters are really upset with their owner for having invested in Ryo OKC because Ryo Vallecano Stadium is, quote-unquote, a shithole, according to some of their fans. So they ordered a bunch of OKC Energy merch and then took it to their stadium. They took photographs, tweeted them all out, held it up while, while the owner was looking on or some some, some stuff. Point is, I, this is to me makes about as much sense as some Manchester City supporters taking Cosmos gears into the Etihad. <laughs> I mean, I get that you're mad. Their, their anger is understandable if they think that the owner hasn't invested enough in their own team. But couple of things. It makes no sense to have energy. It's, not, it's one of those things that everyone shares on social media. It's like, ha, 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 ha. But it has zero actual impact. You know? Like, the owner is going to see energy banners and go, oh, I've made a deep mistake. You know? It, right. it's and, and second thing, we don't even play in the same league as OKC Energy. Rayo Vallecano is in Spain. The energy is in USL. And Rayo OKC is in NESL. Just to me, that's cringe city to take banners of a team playing in some other league somewhere else into a stadium and be like, ah, look at this. It's kind of like those that joke that's funny for about two seconds and then afterwards, it's just lame when you really think about it. Yeah. Like the dress. Do you remember the dress? Which dress? The the one, oh, is this white and gold or is this oh. blue? It's like that. <laughs> it's, yeah, okay, there we go. It's the soccer version of the dress. Moving right along to two pieces of news. Wilson Palacios, Milton Palacios' brother, Milton already plays in NASL. Wilson's the arguably more famous brother. He's been linked to a move with NASL, but it is a rumor. Scorpions, San Antonio Scorpions website still lists the 2016 season ticket option, but there's been some clarification by people who've called their office or been in touch or some such that they'll either recognize this ticket deposit for any league that the team plays. It's, it's all a murky mess in San Antonio right now. We have no idea what's going to happen. So stay tuned to the Twitters and whatnots to find out where the Scorpions are going to be. Indy 11 started an NPSL squad. They took over actually the space that was held by the Indiana Fire team, which was a affiliate of the Chicago Fire. They held on to the GM and head coach of that squad. So Indy 11 will have a NPSL squad next year. One of the, one of the cool things was holding on to collegiate talent and people from the Midwest. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Just a, a couple, one other quick, quick thing. 
uh, the Jacksonville Armada released who their first preseason game will be against, and they will be hosting the Philadelphia Union. In February. In February. I see them announce it already. Kind of cool. All right, we'll, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with my interview with Carolina Railhawks and Philadelphia Union goalkeeper Brian Silvestri. Welcome back to Toughcast, everybody. Now, Jeff, you watch a lot more MLS than I do. So, you got to watch Brian in a few games, I'm guessing, this last year. Yeah, he, uh, Philadelphia played a few games. There's the Sunday National Televised doubleheader between ESPN and Fox Sports 1. And so I, I got to see him quite a few times. I think I played or one shutout of his as well. Um, Silvestri actually came up in the Whitecaps Academy, started in about 2009. And when the team moved into the MLS in 2011, he was their second or third string keeper and didn't end up seeing the field for the two years he was on the team. But the team that I had kind of adopted as MLS my MLS team rooting interest until the announcement for Minnesota last year was Vancouver. So I knew the roster pretty well and then ended up going to Harrisburg city for a couple of years, which had is, an overlap with Greg Jordan there actually Minnesota's Greg Jordan. There you go. Yeah. So I ended up playing there, which is, I believe the Philadelphia unions USL team and they were until they Bethlehem were. was announced. Recently. Right, 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 right. And then signed with the Railhawks and got loaned pretty quickly over to the Union, which is where he has his 12 caps. Yeah, they had, so Rise Mboli from Algeria, who I will always defend for only (laughs) silly reasons. But anyway, he was troublesome for the Union. Let's leave it at that. And their other two keepers, John McCarthy and uh, Andre Blake, were both injured. Zach McMath had been loaned out. So Mm -hmm. when... This situation came up, Philadelphia looked up and they were like, oh my god, we have four goalkeepers signed to our team, but not a single one ready to start. So they brought in Silvestri on loan from Carolina, because he had actually spent preseason with the Union. And he ended up starting 12 games for the Union, and which was only stopped because of an injury, which then allowed Andre Blake and John McCarthy back into the starting spot. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when he was healthy, he absolutely held his own with it. So promising start to his MLS career and to his American soccer career, really, because he'd only had about. Three All right, Brian Silvestri, thank you so much for joining us on Duffcast, man. It's really nice to have you here. The season had barely even started. Thank you for having me. As well. Yeah, totally. You've had an incredible year. Probably year. I think I was telling you before we got on the air that your story is just you know a little bit about the career, Brian Silvestri. Let's see what the start of this year. You were signed to the Railhawks, and now at the end of this year, you've started. 12 games for the Philadelphia Union. You've got, among the keepers there, the highest win percentage. It's incredible. I mean, how do you feel sitting here based on where you were at the start of this season? Uh, to be honest, I just feel regular, to be honest. You know, just I knew when I when I went in this season, I knew I had a reason, I had a goal in mind, and, you know, I had to put in a lot of hard work and dedication, so... But now just for regular, you know what I mean? Nothing, you know, I don't feel nothing spectacular. I still, you know, who I am. And I was just blessed and happy to have the opportunity to go and play. One of the things I actually wanted to ask you about as part of that early experience, particularly when you had just gone on loan, was you came back for one game to Carolina. So on the 24th, you started for the Union. You flew back uh-huh. to Carolina, started on the 27th of May for them. And then you flew back and started for the Union or... 
the the following weekend, but you were back at the Union on the 20th, the day after you started with the Railhawks. How was it like to to kind of go from one team to another so quickly and start three games in that kind of time? Um, tiring. <laughs> Just, yeah. uh, with uh, both keepers got hurt, and um, you know the long situation. If anything happens, I have to go back to Carolina. So um, crazy thing, I flew from Carolina, came back to Philly the same day. Keepers got hurt, I had to fly back. And that week was a time, but I know in my mind, hey, I'm, I have to do it. I'm on contract. I can't argue. And uh, it was good for me to get more games. So I didn't complain at all. You know, they said, come back, play, leave the next day, go play against D.C. So it was time, but I had to do it. You know, I love soccer, so I don't mind playing games and doing that. Totally. It's incredible. And I, I just also want to point out for our listeners, you have wins against both of the teams that are going to play <laughs> this following weekend. You had <laughs> shutouts against both Columbus and Portland. Huh? Yeah, that's pretty incredible, yeah, I, man. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's a blessing. Um, just, you know, putting a lot of hard work and, you know, have faith and, and, and be confident in yourself. A lot of things can happen, you know. When you first went to the Union, the first game you played was against Vancouver. And... It was a 3-0 loss. And first game in, I mean, that can be kind of heavy, you know, going into a new team, a new setup. How did you recover from that? What was your mindset coming out of that game? That wasn't my first time with the Union. Uh, I did preseason with the Union, so I'm kind of familiar with the guys. So um, they called me up, and um, I was ready to go play. And unfortunately, it was a 3-0 loss, but I know I tried my best. And as a keeper, you have to have a, you know, short memory and um I watched the game. I analyzed myself, I'm hard critical on myself. I just forgot about it, move on and you know, push myself harder and then, you know, you create your goals and you, you work hard. You forget about work hard, you know, what you need to improve on and you know, you keep it going. You forget about the loss and you keep it going, and get ready for the following week. And and you bounce back to back to back shutouts after that. So whatever you did it worked. That's uh so, so that that's really yeah. cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What are the other things that are that you you're kind of in a unique place now? With over the course of three years now, you've been with a USL setup, you've been with an NASL setup, you've spent a lot of time with an MLS setup, you've had all of these different experiences, and I wanted to ask you about what's distinctive about the Railhawks, what's unique about their place, them as a team, the culture of the Railhawks. Uh, great coaching staff, uh, great uh, organization, you know. You learn a lot every day from, you know, Coach Collin and Nick Platter. You know, you learn a lot and, you know, you develop. You know, if you're willing to develop and you want to, you know, improve your game and you have a tough mentality because the coaches are hard on you, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's for a good reason. So, you play good football and you learn you have coaches that's going to push you and be hard on you. And, and I'm a tough kid, so, you know, I can take it and, you know, be able to move on and have any hard feelings about anything. As a kid, being a kid specifically, you had a choice between a couple different sports. From what I understand, reading about you, you're pretty good at football too. You still enjoy a few other sports. Why soccer? Because when you were growing up, MLS was still kind of coming around. Soccer still wasn't the most popular sport. So why choose that one versus the other options you might have had? Uh, I had a lot of options. I played basketball, cut that out. Um, I'm a big fan of football, of football and soccer. So at the end of the day. I pick what is what I care about most and which I'm going to give 110% in every day. So I pick soccer. You know, it's my passion, it's my love, you know, and I, and I went with that. There was no careful buts about it. My, me and my dad sat down and we talked about what sport you want to pick, Brian. I said, you know what, I'm going to go with soccer. You know, 
and and um, I'm happy with my choice. And then you know, I'm gonna continue to work to reach the top. That's all I can do. And you were now coming from Florida. You moved over to Vancouver. It's a completely different part of the world. I mean, it's if you look at North America, it's like going from one end to the other. What was that experience like moving away from home, getting into a new setup in a different country? Um, I went there for a reason. It was new. Um, great country, great place. A lot of mountains, which I'm not used to from South Florida. So I don't see mountains, but, you know, it's an opportunity for me to become pro and, and, and change my change my whole family's life, basically, and then um, keep working and I kept going forward everything. You know, and uh, it was a new experience. I was really took on the challenge. So, uh, I was really took on the challenge, and you know, I was ready for it. <laughs> what are you looking forward to going into 2016? What are your goals for next year? Develop and become better. Um, and I have things to work on, and and I'm, you know, I'm going to work on it. There's no if or but about it, and I'm just determined to get better and have a better year, and you know, and let people know my name. You know, I'm a workaholic. Like I said, I'm a tough kid. I, I take soccer seriously, and I'm, I'm going to dedicate myself 110% and put in 100% of my work. And, and I want no doubt in myself. I, I, I try to, you know, be the best in my position. What kind of advice would you have to someone who is considering becoming a professional goalkeeper in the United States today? What kinds of things should they be thinking about? What do they need to keep in mind once they make the decision? Um, go if you love soccer and you, you want to go pro, you, you got to work hard and you got to have the right support from your families, from brothers, sisters, and everyone. You got to have the right support and you got to, you know, be able to work and, you know, you have to do a lot of sacrifice and just try to be determined, disciplined, and, and you have to have some type of hunger inside of you if, and a strong mindset. If you're weak-minded, you're not going to make it. One of the final questions and probably the most important of this interview is which Law & Order would be your favorite out of all the TV shows? Is it regular Law & Order, SVU, Criminal Intent? Uh, I don't know nothing about Law & Order. <laughs> to be yeah. honest, it's about you. <laughs> it's a great TV show, man. I keep telling people and they keep throwing like raw vegetables at me for mentioning it. But anyway, Brian Silvestri, thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate your time. Uh, all the best to you going forward. Thank you very much. Take care. So I hope you enjoyed the chat I had with Brian. He's a really cool guy. Give him a follow on Twitter. He's at Sylvester Brian, and he he and I had a quick chat before the interview to to make sure that his name is pronounced Silvestri, which is the way it's spelled uh, with the R E at the end. So give him a follow. Really humble, really cool guy. Love chatting with him. Um, we should end it right here because we're we're going quite long. Get let these people get to their MLS Cup watching experiences. Yeah, Jeff. By the way, summer. you're going to be in a show starting here in the Twin Cities this weekend. Why don't you tell the good people what show it is, where they can watch it, and whatnot? Sure. This is a, a show that actually won some awards in 2004 for its first iteration. That was directed by Philip Seymour Hoffman, the late great PSH. Um, the show is called "The Last Days of Judas Iscariot." It's this rendition of it is opening at Art House North in St. Paul. It'll be running on the fourth, fifth, and sixth of December, as well as the eleventh and twelfth. Um, if you have any questions about that, go ahead and check out my Twitter, talk to me about it, and I'll be able to send you details. Uh, tickets are only 12 bucks, which is a really good price for professional theater in the cities. Yeah, totally, totally. What, what is your Twitter, by the way? What was that? 
My Twitter is at Jeff Reuter, J-E-F-F-R-U-E-T-E-R. However, if you do type in J-A-K-E-R-U-E-T-E-R, <laughs> you will be able to find my brother. And uh, he could, yeah, I'm sure that he would appreciate to hear from you as well and well, happily redirect you. Well, Greg, thanks a lot for joining me here. Um, you can find Two United Fans at TWO United Fans. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. We might be changing our iTunes feed soon, so you might have to resubscribe on there, but I'll give you adequate warning before that happens on the show so you know it's going to happen. But I just want to put the word out. Thanks for joining us on Toughcast, everybody. This is Notch. This is Jeff. Have a good one.